when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Soto Mojo Podcast. This is Colby Patnode. I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, uh, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Colby. Uh, how are you? How are you holding up? Well, I'm sick, so uh, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully this doesn't sound too bad, guys. I apologize. Now you might hear some coughing off screen. Trying to get this podcast out for you guys. Um, you know, the winter meetings wrapped up today. Uh, there was a lot of action. Not so much so for the Mariners, but we do have some things we need to talk about. Um, we have the uh, the Mariners made a selection in the MLB portion of the Rule 5 draft. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the uh, Mitch Haniger rumors that kind of uh, cropped up uh, a few days ago. And uh, we're going to take a look at some of the bigger signings and just kind of look at how they impact Seattle um, going forward. So um, probably a pretty quick show today, but uh, you know, hopefully some good content here. So let's go ahead. Let's start with the acquisition the Mariners actually did make. Uh, they made a selection in the Rule 5 draft tie. Why don't you tell us who it is and uh, tell us, give us your uh, your initial reaction and uh, maybe a rundown of what you know about him so far. Yeah, so there were a lot of uh, really notable names that were said to be available today in the Rule 5 draft, and uh, I was kind of surprised to see that a lot of them weren't taken. Uh, but the Mariners take Johan Ramirez, a right-handed pitcher out of uh, out of the Houston Astros system. Uh He's not really a, a guy that uh, many were were talking about or, or were noting uh, for for the draft, but he's a upper nineties fastball uh, can top out at ninety nine, uh, but uh, he's a you know higher effort thrower, which leads to poor command. Had a seven point five one walks per nine last uh, last season in Double A, uh, but also misses quite a uh, quite a few bats. Uh, when I look at him, he profiles as Gerson Bautista 2.0, basically. Uh, high, high, high velocity, which, you know, bumps the ceiling up quite a bit. But with the command being the way that it is, um, there's there's cause for concern. There's also cause for concern because he really doesn't have a an identifiable secondary or tertiary pitch. Uh, right now, his best secondary pitch is his changeup. It's far from good. Uh, it's about average right now. Uh, and then the, the breaking stuff that he has is below average, basically nothing to, to really write home about. Uh, though some reports that I've read said that there are some intriguing things in, a, in his slider that if it was a, that if a team were to help him develop that a bit more he might have something there but right now what he has is a lot of velocity and not a whole lot else uh, but he's interesting and uh, and I think that you know we we've said this quite a bit over the last few shows when talking about the Mariners and pitching specifically that you know, with what they've been able to do with with Edwin Diaz, with Brad, Brandon Brennan, with Connor Sadzik, with Austin Adams, Rowan Elias, etc., they've earned enough respect to to say that if someone's able to help Ramirez turn things around and actually refine his pitching abilities, it would be the Mariners. Uh, so I, I I think it's a it's an interesting selection. One that definitely has some upside to it, and uh, we'll see what they what they're able to do uh, over the next few months. But it's going to be absolutely critical to get that command under under wraps. Right. Sounds like it's a pretty good arm to take a ch- uh, chance on um, in a rebuild. So uh, you know, we'll see what they can do with it. It's like you said, the plus fastball is hard to find, um, and we'll see if Seattle can uh, you know can find themselves another Connor Sadzik or Austin Adams uh, project 
Um, and we'll see if he even makes the club. You know, that's it's not a guarantee just because he was selected in the Rule 5. He still has to make the team out of spring training. Uh, they'll have no issue offering him right back to the Astros or maybe work out a, a trade to keep him in the organization. Um, but <clears throat> there's really no risk here um, for the Mariners. It's $100,000 that they have to give to Houston for a 98-mile-an-hour fastball and a chance at a pretty good reliever. So um, not really a whole lot there uh, as of right now. I mean, I think uh, a little bit surprising that Zach Brown and Jordan Sheffield, um, a few other guys didn't go. Uh, that was that was a little bit surprising to me. Um, only 11 players selected, which I don't know how that relates to other Rule 5 drafts, but considering that you have a 26th roster spot to use this year, I, I thought it would be a little bit higher. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, Zach Brown was kind of the other guy I was interested in. Um, you know, uh, chance to start, kind of you can move him back and forth as you need him in the bullpen. Uh, some stuff to work with there. Uh, Sharp went uh, third overall, I think, to Miami or something like that. Yeah. Um, I kind of think that was maybe one of the guys DePoto was interested in. Um, there's a lot of uh, Marcus Stroman similarities there. Um, so we'll see how all that works out. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's uh, I was hoping for Jordan Sheffield. Uh, it sounds like they got a, uh, they you know, they got a guy who throws hard but doesn't have the secondary stuff that Sheffield does. So it'll be interesting to see what they saw in him. And uh, we'll probably get a nice, long, extended look at him in spring training and uh, see if he can break the big league roster. So um, keep an eye on him. Uh, I don't think, you know, just based on what I know about him now, uh, I I don't think he's going to crack our top 35, top 40 prospects. Do you? No. 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 All right. So, yeah, I... I think it's just if, a, he, if he did, you would have to throw Gerson Bautista in that mix as well. We haven't in the past, so, yeah. Yeah, I just, no thanks. Um, but anyways, uh, so let's move on. Uh, I, I don't know, do you want to talk about any of the guys they selected in the AAA portion? Uh, I, well, I just, I think it was interesting that I, I, I believe they were the, uh, they had the highest amount of selections in the AAA portion uh, with three, uh, getting Brian O'Keefe, a catcher out of the Cardinal system, as well as Dariel uh, Gomez, who's a first baseman in, in the Cardinal system. And he actually had a pretty good year last year. So he's kind of an interesting name just because he's a performer. Uh, we'll see, you know, how, how that goes, uh, you know, in the Mariners system. But um, that was interesting. And also Johnny Santos, the... Um, outfielder out of miami uh solid glove solid on base skills uh, so they picked up a couple names that i'm fairly intrigued by i think more importantly the the most noteworthy thing about this draft is that they didn't lose anyone yep. lj newsom is staying put dom thompson williams is staying put jack anderson is staying put etc i think that was the biggest one for them today yeah, um, it's not, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't call it too surprising that LJ Newsom wasn't drafted. Um, I wasn't surprised at all that Dom Thompson Williams wasn't. Um, you know, Jack Anderson was kind of a guy that was, uh, you know, really interesting in a bullpen role for a contender maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's it's nice that LJ stays in the organization. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. It seems like every year DePoto leaves somebody unprotected that we're sure is going to get selected and they don't get selected uh last year was art warren um you know this year it's lj newsom most notably uh jerry's got a pretty good feel on the market uh and where his guys will go so lj sticks around he'll probably start next year in double a and uh yeah i mean if he repeats his 2019 season again next year uh it's he he won't make it to the end of the season without being added to the 40 man so um, you know, it's a it's a good day for the Mariners. They don't lose anybody, and they get an intriguing right-handed pitcher um, and a uh, some catching depth. Uh, Brian O'Keefe, I believe, uh, some decent on-base skills there, and uh, sounds like a pretty good glove. Uh, it's just AAA depth, but uh, you know, see what the Mariners can do. Uh, maybe he's another Austin Nola. Who knows? So, yeah. 
So let's uh, let's transition away from the Rule 5 draft here. Let's talk a little bit about um, kind of the biggest piece of news involving the Mariners at the winter meetings, and that is that the Mitch Haniger market is um, certainly hotter than it was last year. Uh, there's a few teams that have already been mentioned, um, you know, most notably in the one we've kind of focused on as of late is the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, uh, Ty, what do you kind of think of this rumor? And, uh, you know, does it move the needle for you at all? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think uh, the market is kind of following uh, following where the uh, the Mariners needed to uh, in terms of, you know, a Mitch Hanniger market. Uh, you know, you and I didn't really see it developing much at all uh at least to where the mariners would want it to be to even considering make to even consider making a move but you know maybe now with after seeing what the white Sox gave up to get nomar mazara uh to see the the conversations that are going on between the mets and the pirates on starling Marte, etc uh, i think there's there's actually, uh, I wouldn't say it's legitimate yet, but I think there is a decent chance that Mitch Hanneker could actually get traded, or that the Mariners might actually get an offer that they like. Yeah, um, you know, I think, I think, uh, like you said, the market's kind of falling for them. We, we did, you know, look at the free agent class at outfield in particular, and note the the lack of all-around options um you know there's some good bats like osuna and castellanos um, neither one of them is quite as good as hanniger um, and then you factor in the defense it's not really all that close um but yeah that's pretty much been it for the uh the corner outfield market and there's a lot of teams needing corner outfield we've already seen tommy fan be traded hunter renfro in the same deal um so there's two right there we, you talked about Marte. um kind of seems like he's going to end up on the Mets. It's just a matter of if, or a matter of when, not if. Um, and, you know, like you said, Mazzara, the the most, I mean, mediocre blah replacement level everyday player uh, in the big leagues gets a legitimate prospect in return for him. Uh, yeah, the market's lining up nice for the Mariners uh, in that respect. Uh, <clears throat> we'll see. Uh, like I said, they're, the... The White Sox were a pretty good fit for Hanniger. They're out, uh, in theory at least. Uh, but let's talk about Arizona as kind of the, I don't know if we want to call them the new favorite, um, but they've certainly got quite a bit that the Mariners may be interested in. Mm-hmm. And with White, the White Sox conceivably out um, and not getting much buzz at all from Atlanta this year, they could be Arizona's player to lose. So what do you think about Arizona as a fit? Yeah, I think uh, they line up better than most. Uh, really, um, you know, there, there's a clear need for outfield for them, uh, and they have one of the best farm systems in baseball, and they have a lot of really good young talent at the major league level that they might be willing to part with in certain areas. So, you know, uh, today you you uh, built a, a mock trade. Uh, led by by Luke Weaver and Corbin Martin and also that competitive balance round eight pick that's a first round pick that they're able to trade and uh, the Mariners have already gotten a comp round B pick uh, from the Brewers in the Narvaez trade uh, they're very much opening to to just acquiring picks and having the chance to pick the the you know solid prospect that they want Um I think, uh, yeah, I think that the Diamondbacks offer a lot that the Mariners would be interested in. And I think the Diamondbacks are one of the few teams that can give the Mariners what they want without looking at it as a crippling trade for them. Right. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's uh, it's interesting. I saw uh, about an hour ago, I saw a Lookout Landings article um, where they tried to make a uh, Hanager trade. And I think, I remember, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I think it was uh, J.B. Bukalkis, um, Blaze Alexander, and uh, was it Merrill Kelly or Luke Weaver, one of those two. Um, so we, we ended up with a pretty similar uh, a trade idea there. It just makes a lot of sense. Um, 
you know, Luke Weaver's probably not ever going to be a, a star pitcher. Uh, he was off to a really nice start uh, in 2019, but he did miss three months with an elbow sprain. So that's scary. But for most of his career, he's just kind of been a number four, number five starter um, with some pretty good stuff, but just never really put it together. But he's only 26 years old. Um, he's actually, I believe, if I if I read the uh, if I read the uh, the report right, he's a super two, so he should have four years of club control remaining. Um, that that's a really intriguing arm, uh, and with the uh, you know the Diamondbacks, they are so they have a very specific uh, desire, a very specific prototype for a desire uh, a player that they want, and one of them is they want somebody who's not making a lot of money. They want somebody who's under club control for less than five years. They don't want to give away five-year contracts. They need, you know, an everyday all-star caliber outfielder. Uh, and they want to win, but they don't want to spend, you know, mass like their best five or six prospects. Well, Mitch Haniger kind of checks all those boxes. You can make it work. So, um, Absolutely. So this just kind of feels like a, uh, you know, just a good fit. Um, I just, you know, like I said, we'll see how, how it works out. I, I think for me, Hanniger's still more likely to be a Mariner than not on opening day. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I, that's what I would still bet my money on. If I had to give the likelihood of percentage, I'd, I'd give a trade probably 30% chance of happening at this point, uh, which is significantly more than where it was just a few days ago. I would probably put it at a 10% chance, maybe even 5 um, so I think that I think this has bumped up the odds. I but if I'm a betting man, I'm I'm still keeping Hanager on the team. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, you know thirty thirty five percent chance he's traded. I think that's about right. Um, these things can come together quickly. We don't know how advanced the talks got. We don't even know if they were actually talks. Uh, there was just a report from. Um, Nick Picaro uh, of the Arizona Republic, who said that the Mar- or that the uh, Diamondbacks were interested in Nomar Mazara and Mitch Haniger, and that uh, they were—I I can't remember the exact wording of it. I apologize, but some of the idea of is that they're they're actively pursuing that. So um, it would make me lead me to believe that the Mariners and Diamondbacks have talked um, to the degree of which they've talked. I have no idea. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that all works out. Um, I don't. Is there maybe a uh, a player or a, you know a type of package that you would really like to get from Arizona? Um, just in terms of you know either a specific player or you know an idea, a concept, anything that uh, jumped out to you? Uh, I've always loved John Duplantier. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know how realistic that is. I really like him. Uh, also, you know, for me, if I'm trading Mitch Hanniger to the Diamondbacks, I would, I probably absolutely have to come away with that first round pick. I really like the idea of of having that pick and being able to choose who you want, and also to add even more money to your to your bonus slot. Yeah, um, I think there, you can't really go wrong with that. So that would be my. My main goal, uh, you know, I also like the idea of Luke Weaver. He had a really good year last year. Just, you know, you got to worry about the elbow. And at that point, I don't know if I want him to be the headliner with that elbow. Sure. Uh, I mean, if if it comes to a point where they would be willing to still put him in the package, but he's not, you know, clearly the best asset available or in that package, then there but I, I yeah i don't i don't i don't want to mess around with that as the guy that you bring back um i don't yeah i there's a lot to like about the diamondback system in general uh they had a really good draft uh back in june and their farm system has you know suddenly become one of the top five top ten systems in the league um you know the the dream would of course be corbin carroll but they've 
you know, there's been mm. reports saying that they're not going to part with him. So, jerks. Yeah. Corbin Carroll is the 2022 MVP. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's uh, one of the other names being kind of thrown around is Robbie Ray. Um, I think the issue with Robbie Ray is that he only has the one year of club control left. Uh, now, if he is in the deal as a, <clears throat> you know, as a uh, secondary piece, uh, then that's fine. I, I think what would probably happen is Robbie Ray gets traded as in a three-team deal or, you know, the Mariners just look to get him back on track and trade him in July. Uh, but I, I do think Robbie Ray might be the type of guy that DePoto would be interested in in free agency. Uh, you know, after the season, he's only 28 years old. Uh, there's definitely upside there. He misses a ton of bats. Walks are kind of an issue, but the Mariners, they've shown that they're not afraid to take a chance on that. Um, I think Robbie Ray is the type of guy they may target in free agency. So if you can get him in a trade now and kind of understand the guy and work with him and see if you can fix him um, or help him, that's something I consider. But I don't I don't think if I'm getting Robbie Ray and a B-level prospect, I'm trading Mitch Haniger. It just doesn't doesn't work for me um you know if i'm yeah. getting rob robbie ray and uh corbin martin then i'm probably a no although i think ray's a better pitcher than weaver um but again weaver has at least three years of club control remaining ray has one so uh you know i'm a, I'm a big robbie ray fan so if he was in a mariners uniform for you know even half a season i would be quite happy uh but i just don't think he can be the headliner in a mitch Haniger trade so um, we'll see. It sounds like the right or the, uh, diamondbacks really want to get rid of him. Uh, the $10 million salary, I guess is an issue for them. I don't know why, but I guess it is. Um, and that's a guy kind of fits what Jerry wants. You know, he's, he's pretty reliable he's got some good upside. So we'll see about Robbie Ray. Um, any final, uh, thoughts on Hanniger before we kind of do some rapid fire here? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a little uh, little irony in uh, trading him back to Arizona for yeah. all this time. I, I, I think it would be uh, pretty funny if that, that wound up being the case. Uh, I think it is pretty funny that the Diamondbacks seem to be the, the biggest, most prominent team right now in the Mitch Hanager dis- discussion. So, uh, yeah, I... I <laughs> we'll we'll see how it turns out. But it's pretty interesting. Also, uh, another thing to note was Tapoto's uh, uh, comments the other day about the outfield and about uh, Jake Fraley specifically. Mm-hmm. And the, the Hanniger talk kind of reminded me of this. Was that he he was talking about Fraley's health? I think this was like day one of the winter meetings when he was doing his uh, little press conference some of the beat writers. Uh, he said that, you know, Fraley's healthy and we'll get a chance to play behind uh, the starting unit of Malik Smith, Mitch Hanniger, and Kyle Lewis. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, only because you know, Braden Bishop wasn't mentioned at all. Um I don't know. It's always been kind of my assumption that Bishop was ahead of Fraley. Um, and honestly, if, if you're bringing, if Jake Fraley's on your major league roster to sit five times a week, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's like your fourth outfielder, you think bench guy. Um, but in all reality, I mean, you have to cover, there's three spots, 162 games. You're looking at, you know, 480 some odd games you have to cover in the outfield. Uh, you can find four outfielders can get you 120 games each, and be perfectly fine with that. So, um, <clears throat> I'm not I'm not too concerned about that uh, in general. But I, I, you know, the fact that he's already pegged Kyle Lewis as a as a starter, and Jake Fraley as a fourth outfielder, basically. I don't know. I I think that's a lot of GM speak, to be honest. Um, and if they trade Hanniger. Uh, or Malik's, then obviously that changes things pretty drastically. But yeah, I thought that was uh, that was an interesting little soundbite. Like I said, I try not to, to read too much into 
GM speak or coach speak or anything like that. But uh, I mean, it's certainly worth that uh, worth noting. So, um, well, I, I think it definitely is interesting, uh, uh, at least on the Kyle Lewis front, because right. you and I have pretty much assumed for the whole offseason that Kyle Lewis is starting the season in AAA. And now that really doesn't feel like the case. I mean, I I think it's a mistake if he doesn't. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I just it's, it's hard to not. When you talk Kyle Lewis, it's hard not to talk about the guy and how awesome he is and how good he was at the end of last year. There were still major holes in that game. He struck out a lot. Um, didn't walk a ton. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm rooting for Kyle Lewis, but he does not look like a major leaguer. Uh, certainly not an everyday guy right now. So I, I don't know. I think that's a mistake. Um, but we'll see. You know, guys get better over the winter and, uh, He's had a cup of coffee, and I, I think so long as Jerry's willing to send him down if he struggles, uh, I, I think that Kyle Lewis is the type of guy who can handle that, um, you know, unlike, say, Dustin Ackley. Uh, so, like I said, I, I'm not, like, opposed to it, but I I just don't think Kyle Lewis is an everyday big leaguer on March 26th or whatever the opening day is. So, uh I don't know. Yeah. All right, so let's let's talk real fast about uh, some of the big free agent signings uh, that happened uh, during the winter meetings. Uh, let's start with Garrett Cole not going to the Angels. He does stay in the American League. He goes to the Yankees on a massive contract, but it's not the Angels. So overall, still pretty good news, right? Yep, second Angels. <laughs> That's right. Always, always. Um, unfortunately, the Angels do trade or do uh, acquire Anthony Rendon. They give him a, a really nice contract to be their third baseman. Uh, you know, if you listen to guys like John Heyman, which why would you? Uh, apparently, that makes him the best lineup in baseball right now. Uh, you know, you look at that Angels lineup. I don't know about you, but like two through five looks really good, but the rest, I'm like, eh, you know, eh, yeah, it's, it's okay. And I mean, way, it'll look a lot better once Joe Adele's in there. I mean, we assume, but we don't know. Yeah. yeah. But, I but, mean, yeah. Albert Pujols is the six-hole hitter, and I'm supposed to be afraid of that? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I think there's still a lot of work for them to do, uh, especially on the pitching front. You know, Ooh. there's been rumors about Corey Kluber, David Price. Uh, I don't think that moves the needle for them. Uh, well, maybe Kluber if he's healthy, but Price, no. Um I don't know. I, I just, you know, I tweeted this last night from the Soto account that the Angels have roughly 140 million dollars wrapped up into five players next year, mm-hmm. and none of them are pitchers. Right. I mean, I just, just like Rendon is a great player. Don't get yep. me wrong; he's one of the best hitters in baseball. But was he absolutely needed for this team? I just, I, I think he was a better fit for for. Uh, the Dodgers or the Rangers uh, or, you know, back to the Nationals or even someone like Philadelphia. But I don't know. I, I, I just, if the Angels were going to spend big money, I just, I don't think that should have been the move. I mean, it just, to me, I, I guess, you know, I would ask, you know, if you're going to spend $240 million on your, and you're the Angels, I don't know, wouldn't it make more sense to go, you know, get uh, you know, Ryu and Ryu and uh, and Wheeler yeah. for that money, and you know now all of a sudden you have a Otani, Wheeler, Ryu, uh, one, two, and three with you know Andrew Heaney as a four. That's pretty solid. Um, he said they still have time to add guys, uh, but you know that the farm system's not great, and anything they dip, anything of significance they give away for a guy like Corey Kluber, um, that hurts them long term. Uh, you know, Artie Moreno's never really cared about long term, which is probably why the Angels are going to be perpetually in you know seventy-seven to eighty-five win team, even with the best player on the planet in their lineup. Um, I just you know I I still think the Angels are you know a clear at least they're not better than the Athletics or the Astros right now. Um, I don't know for sure that they're better than Texas, honestly. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what they do. But like I said, the the Rendon, I I know a lot of Mariner fans freak out. Uh, oh, Rendon's in the division. 
now the rebuild's going to take another three years. That's not how this works at all. So uh, I'm, I'm not worried about that at all. Um, there was uh, another big uh, another big free agent signing, which for some reason I'm I'm forgetting. What was it? <laughs> Steven Strasburg. Thank you. Strasburg. Yep. Back to the Nationals. Um, no major surprise there, I don't think. Um, nope. You know, just kind of status quo and Nationals be pretty good. They need a third baseman, but uh, probably going to get Josh Donaldson. That would be a nice, that would be a very nice little uh, addition there. So um, kind of those three big moves uh, at the winter meetings. We also saw the Angels trade a, you know, a pretty good prospect, a first round pick this year mm-hmm. to dump the salary of Zach Kozar and get nothing back. Yep. I mean, those are the kind of moves that the Angels really shouldn't be making. I don't. If you're going to tell people that there's no spending limit for you and you're not, you know, money's not going to be an issue, why are you giving away talent to move a one-year, $12 million contract? You didn't need to move that contract. But, you know, whatever. Like I said, the Angels want to keep messing things up. That's fine by me. I don't don't really care. Um, There are a bunch of smaller moves. I don't think anything really jumps out that we need to talk about. Is there anything that uh, maybe you – I haven't mentioned that you thought was uh, interesting over the winter meetings. Uh, no, not really. Uh, you know, it was a relatively Dodgers. Like, out. What's that? Trying into the Dodgers, maybe. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, that was more just disappointing because I I, I was hoping the Mariners would be in in on that. Um, yeah. But. Oh well. Uh, you know, it's a good pickup for them. Uh, I don't know. I, I find the Dodgers really boring in general, so I just, just overall good. just don't. I don't really care. But, right. Um, you know, overall, just I mean, yeah, you have the big contracts and everything, but you know, pretty quiet winter meetings overall. Um, just not yeah. a whole lot done. I mean, there was certainly more. Uh, not. Not as not a lot of volume, but certainly more yeah. uh, impact. Uh, Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, and there were a few big other uh, rumors. There, for example, there was the talk that the uh, the Dodgers are really seriously talking with Cleveland about Francisco Lindor. Yeah, uh, that would be obviously be big. Um, there was also uh, obviously the Machaniger rumors, the Starling Marte rumors. Um, you know, there was, it was, I would, I would give it a, a really, that's a really good winter meeting, uh, period, especially when you consider what happened last year where it was just kind of, you know, bleh. Um, but it was certainly a lot more entertaining in the past few years. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Which is, I mean, really all I care about, about the winter meeting, just be entertaining. Um, and yeah, you know, it's it, like, uh, we might have another move coming up soon with, uh, with Ryu. Looks like the Blue Jays are looking at him pretty pretty heavily. Wow. So, so I don't yeah. that I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense for that club, but okay. I mean, I, you live in Toronto. I they they keep being connected to guys who are like win now guys. I don't know. I I, I don't watch that team. Really well, not. they're you know it's it, their biggest prospects are now up. Uh, it's kind of like how we've talked about with uh, with the Mariners and when you know they should decide, you know, when it's go time. And you know, Guerrero's there, Bichette's there. They're good. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it could just be you know a year earlier than most teams would do, but there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. I yeah. Mean, and you know, uh, you know, and they they have other solid pieces. Guriel. Um, I heard they Johnson. were going to try and trade him, but maybe not. Yeah. Uh, Guy, uh, Ken Giles. Yeah, he's still there. Yep, okay. Uh, but you know that rotation needs work. Sherman's gone. Sanchez is gone. Uh, nice. Baraki's hurt. So, I mean, I'm not opposed to a, uh, you know, a fringy 500 team spending money to try and win. That's that's what you're supposed to do. So, uh, hopefully, it's a it's a position the Mariners find themselves in next winter. Um, and we'll see. We'll certainly get to see all the young kids. And, uh, you know, it, it could be a, a position where we're talking about the Mariners being involved in next year's 
Zach Wheeler, uh, or Ryu or, you know, whoever it is. So, um, like I said, I, I am happy that it does seem like a lot of teams that were, you know, 500 ish last year are actually going out and making moves and trying to get better as opposed to, you know, it seems like there's like 20 teams that are actually trying to win this year as opposed to the 12 that, you know, entered last off season trying to win. Um, and I think that's good for baseball overall. So, um, I, I think, you know, this winter meeting was a success for baseball as a whole. Obviously, there's some new rule changes. The three batter minimums going into effect. Um, you know, there's the new opioid uh, testing policy. Marijuana is no longer a banned substance, which, I mean, took took you long enough, but okay. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, like I think it was a pretty solid little uh, winter meeting for the sport. And, um, you know, I think we're probably going to see quite a few deals coming in the next few days. Um, that, you know, probably came alive at the winter meeting. So I'm, I'm overall, I'm satisfied with it. And, you know, uh, like you said, next year, next year's free agent class is pretty darn good. So I'm excited to to see what happens there and what the Mariners are planning to do. They're going to have a lot of money. Well, indeed. All right. So, um, we had some late questions come in. Let's just rock. Let's just rock it through these, um, and then we'll sign out because Ty has to go, and I also sound like death. So, let's rock it through a few of these. Sure. Um, at um, at ZipKidCW, Chris uh, sends us lots of questions. We appreciate it. Um, he wants us to talk about Mitchaniger. Obviously, we did. Um, he'd also like to know what starter with club control and upside the Mariners are going to use their last forty-man spot on. I mean, I'd start by saying, I mean, technically they're at 39, and you sign a guy that would be your 40th guy, but it's not for your last 40 man spot. You could just get rid of somebody and sign somebody else. So, yeah, um, yeah in general, uh, starter with club control and upside. I mean, Luke Weaver. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, club control is That's it's a, a fraud f- question. Yeah, if it's a free agent, then the club control is whatever you're willing to give. Yeah. You know, um, I still like the idea of Jimmy Nelson, uh, but I think that's probably a one-year deal. I like the idea of Tywan Walker. That's probably a one-year deal, though. So, I mean, club control pitcher, you're going to have to sign it or trade for a guy. I just don't think the Mariner. Have you seen what the pitching market is right now? Like, really good pitchers are going for, you know, insane amount of money. So. I just I don't feel like you know you're in a good position to trade for one when you could just go sign a a stopgap for a few months. Um, but you know uh, Luke Weaver, as we talked about earlier, kind of fits that mold. So um, Merrill Kelly maybe too. Uh, <coughs> I'm not sure. Now uh, I'm gonna ask you: Are you a bit surprised that the Mariners haven't been a bit more aggressive in the free agent market? Not really. Or have at least talked about being aggressive maybe in other spots not starting pitching but maybe looking at a veteran position player that markets falling to them i don't know Uh, i just don't know what market you know what market is falling to them they're pretty set like jerry said that they're set at the position players you know they feel pretty good about them um I'm sure they'll sign some minor league free agent types, mm-hmm. give out some, uh, you know, some veteran, give some veterans some uh, MILB deals. Um, but I'm not really surprised. Jerry's never been a big free agent guy. Well, and uh, if anything, and if anything, the market's actually going away from them. Right. Uh, I mean, teams are spending money this winter. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, if, if you can get a guy, though, uh, you know, I don't really have anybody in mind right now, but if you can get a guy that you like uh, and he's cheap, then go ahead. But I think, you know, until they decide what, or they figure out what they can do with D Gordon, I mean, they're pretty much set. So, uh, you know, I'm not surprised. I think, you know, probably see another bullpen arm or two and then uh, the starting pitcher. And I think that'll probably be it uh, unless they trade Mitch Haniger. Um But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm overly surprised. <clears throat> All right. Um, 
Chris sent us another question here. Um, what free agent signing slash destinations uh, would help the Mitch Haniger trade market? Uh, AKA, where should we root for Donaldson, Osuna, et cetera, to sign to maximize our leverage? Um, well, good question. Star- Difficult Star- answer. Marte for the Mets. Yep, that would help a lot. Yep. Um, Ozuna, basically anywhere that's not Arizona. Yeah, and Ozuna's not going to go to Arizona, so. Yeah. Um, Castellanos to the Cubs or, um, you know, again, pretty much not Arizona. Um, yeah. Not Colorado. Uh, not Atlanta. Uh, not Cincinnati. Any of those would be just fine. Uh, you know, Castellanos, honestly, to the Rangers. Wouldn't be too shabby for the Mariners. Um, you know, Donaldson, I don't really see that as being related all that much, besides the fact they're right-handed bats. Um, you know, Donaldson goes to Washington. I mean, Washington could still conceivably have interest in Mitch Anniger. You know, so I think for me the big name, Marte is kind of the big one. Um, <clears throat> if he goes to Arizona, I, I think the odds of Mitch Anniger being traded probably go down to like 20%. Um, but it sounds to me like, you know, Marte's going to end up in New York and uh, Brandon Nimmo or, uh, you know, one of those guys is going to end up in uh, in Pittsburgh. So, uh, like I said, short of, you know, a surprise signing by uh, the Diamondbacks or the Rockies or the Braves, I just don't really... I don't think there's much of a correlation there. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's difficult to predict right now because we don't know. We thought San Diego was going to be a good fit and then they went and they traded for Tommy Pham, but they still might be interested in Hanniger. We don't know. So I just, I I don't feel like we can answer that question all that well. Um, anyways, and then, uh, we have a question from, uh, Dan Vine, uh, Dan Vines at the Dan Cave podcast. Uh, you know, he wants us to talk about Brian O'Keefe. I think we kind of did that already. He just looks like pretty good AAA catching depth, right? Yeah, I that's mean, pretty much what he is. Uh, a little bit of a of a performer on the offensive side, but well, not really last year, but. In college and early on in his minor league career, and uh, solid defense from what I could get out of it. I only quickly looked him up when he was drafted. Uh, solid defense, but nothing spectacular. It's just, I think he's just depth. I think he's just a guy. Yeah, he's he'll get some run in spring training, um, early on at least. But uh, yeah, I you know. Nothing wrong with having uh, catching depth. And, uh, you know, the guy looks like you said, it looks like he's got some decent on-base skills and he can, uh, you know, he knows how to handle pitching staff. And that's about all you can ask for in AAA, uh, you know, where the Mariners will probably have a few of their top prospects. Um, well, maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But we'll wait and see about that. Um, and then the final question we have is from, uh, sorry, we have is from, at daddy underscore cray. All right. He says simply, please comment on Vogelback country. I don't know what that means. Uh, what? I yeah, do not know no. what Vogelback country is. Um, he's going to be your DH, everyday DH. So, um, Vogelback country. I mean,. <clears throat> Colton's going to get to see him for like another year and then he'll probably be, you know, DFA'd because he's not that good. <laughs> no, but uh, in all seriousness, he'll, he'll be the starting DH, you know, on opening day. Feel pretty good about that one. Um, I think, you know, he'll, he'll be better this year than he was last year. And I don't really have much else to say. I, he, this is a good year to give him, you know, 500, 600 plate appearances and say, okay, let's see what, let's see who you are. And then decide afterwards. 
All right. Uh, that, that's uh, all the questions I have. Ty, do you have anything that you want to? Uh, do you have anything that you want to uh, to uh, finish off the show with? Uh, it'd be nice if Jared uh, did something kind of substantial soon. <laughs> Uh, I I don't I don't really care for these podcasts where we have not a whole lot to go on. Uh, so yeah, do something, please. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know, but you know, overall, good day. Didn't lose anyone from your organization. You added a few players. Uh, you know, maybe Johan Ramirez is is something. Maybe there's something there. Just uh, yep. Real quick note: as news continues to fly from the uh, the last day of the winter meetings, I think pretty much everybody's either gone home or is on a plane going home. Uh, but you know, like we said, the the winter meetings aren't the last chance to do anything. In a lot of ways, they're kind of the I mean, they're kind of the opening uh, for the big moves that get made. So uh, David Price is drawing interest from San Diego, St. Louis, Chicago, Cincinnati, and L.A. The Angels, by the way. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. I, maybe, just maybe, with the pitching market the way it is, I don't know. Maybe Jerry should be considering shopping Marco Gonzalez. Yep. Uh, I don't think he's going to get enough to uh, to make it worth him trading Marco Gonzalez. Uh, but, I mean, based on the, what pitching's going for right now, should probably at least give it a shot. So, uh We'll see how all that goes, but uh, yeah, uh, any move whatsoever to the major league roster would be really, really nice, Jerry. Really appreciate it. Um, but you know, we're we're closing in at the end of the year here. Um, it's crazy, man. Uh, spring training is like two months away from like mm-hmm. from today, I think. Pitchers and catchers report. It's not as far off as it seems. We're kind of moving at a nice pace here. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know. The Mariners can can do a couple things before uh, February, and then we'll start uh, we'll start dissecting the team as is, and uh, really start giving our uh, our position uh, previews and things like that. So, um, I mean, even even bad baseball is is good baseball. So, uh, kind of in that home stretch where you're you're not quite far enough removed from baseball that you're like, you know, oh well, you know, whatever. But you're not really close enough that you're excited and all that stuff so just kind of in that weird area right now we'll see how everything goes but uh i you know i i think the mariners are pretty much you know doing what they told us they would do so um by the way the cardinals are now meeting with dallas keichel uh so (laughs) there's no rest for the weary uh ty any last words before we actually sign off this time yeah, I'm. I'm just glad that the free agent market seems to be back. You know, the free agency uh, is starting to matter again. That it's, you know, it's active, and it, and hopefully we, you know, we don't get to a point where top tier players are going into spring training unsigned or even into the regular season unsigned. I think you know with what happened with Keuchel and, and Kimbrel last year was. It wasn't great. It wasn't great to see. Um, so yeah, it, it seems like we're we're heading towards a, a more normal off season, one that we you know became accustomed to for for many years. The last couple of years have just been really uh, really weird mm-hmm. and really really strange with just how guys were gone for way less than market value, and it's. It's kind of crazy how it's just suddenly changed, and you know, in the other direction again. This this offseason, and now, you know, you see the the deals that Scott Boris has made for just three of his clients, and has negotiated eight hundred million dollars for three players. It's insane. Yeah, it is. Um, real quick before uh, I sign off, you mentioned Kimbrel and Keiko, and they basically sat because they had the free agent compensation attached to them, yep. the draft compensation attached to them. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the best way to eliminate that would just be to eliminate you know, draft pick compensation altogether. Um, but assuming Major League Baseball doesn't do that, 
would you prefer that they go back to the instead of the qualifying offer thing? Would you prefer that they go back to the uh, the system where Major League Baseball assigns the value of signing a said player, like the Type A free agents? Do you remember those Type A, Type B free agents? Um, I mean, that way you know teams aren't slapping the you know this well, qualifying yeah, I, offer. I mean, I would just I would just do it how the NFL does does it. You can still have comp picks, but a team doesn't have to give well, up their own pick to give a team a comp pick, right? Which is like, based on average yes. annual value. Yeah, it's just awarded to, a, like, each round gets a set number of teams at a set uh, value, and that's it. Um, I think that's how it should go. I think that would do wonders for... for uh, the free agent market would, you know, make it so th- this is avoidable from now on. And it, it looks like they're going to avoid that this year altogether. I think, uh, sure. you know, you've already seen, you know, uh, guys with qualified offers go. Uh, Cole, of course, being the biggest one. Um, yeah, I... I, but for the future, yeah, just do it like the NFL. I, I, I don't think that it's really necessary that if you sign a guy, you have to give up your pick because the other team needs some sort of compensation. That's basically a trade. Right. Um, I don't like that. I think it should just be awarded by the league. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, you, know, you don't even have to put them at the end of the first round or anything like that. You know, I think, you know, anybody over... You know, that opens up a whole new can of, well, if it's based on AAV, they'll manipulate it this way. If it's based on, you know, total, whatever. Uh, that's for Major League Baseball to figure out. But uh, except hopefully this, this free agent class is kind of a, a sign of things to come of how teams will uh, spend money and be aggressive in free agency as opposed to the last two or three years where teams just basically sat around until February um, before they did anything. But we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. But uh that's going to do it for us here on this episode of the Soto Mojo Podcast. If you guys made it this far, you are a trooper, um, and we appreciate it. Uh, make sure you visit SotoMojo.com for all the latest Mariners rumors, news, signings, you know, trade speculation, what have you. We cover it all uh, over there at SotoMojo.com. Follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of us. We do have a Facebook page, um, which you can like. Uh, we're definitely more active on Twitter, though, so that's the best way to get uh, our attention is on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS. Um, and make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. Uh, we upload once a week, almost always. Um, you know, kind of been moving around this winter, but typically speaking, it's somewhere between Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, we'll drop a new episode every week, so uh, make sure you guys subscribe so you don't miss any of those uh, any of those new episodes. So. Uh, I think that is officially going to wrap it up for us here. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in another life. Peace out. Peace.